You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Thank you for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I'm your host, Heather Nicholson. Angela Johnson. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez. Okay, I'm playing with this new concept. So when I wake up in the morning, my heart center's really been on. I can feel it. I can even feel it in dreams now where um, my heart center is going and I can see the dream changing around me based on, so I'm I'm. I witnessed twice myself creating what was happening in my dream from this feeling. Like I, I was feeling it and all of a sudden it was like, I could tell I was creating it. Um, so I'm doing this thing in the morning where if this is all a perfect expression of who we are right now, that doesn't mean it's great. It's just an accurate reflection of everything consciously and subconsciously that's in us buried within us. So I've been waking up in the morning saying, okay, show me the world I'm creating. And then on our walk, I'll just observe. And like the first day I did it, we walked by um, a couple of stores that had been tagged. And I was like, oh, it just made me sad. And I thought, okay, right there. I don't like that, but that's somewhere in my soul if I'm creating this. So I was like, okay, what is that? What, what creates that? And I thought, well, territorialism, lack coming from lack you know this feeling of lack that they felt like they have to come in and say this area is mine I said okay so then I need to change within me this feeling of lack and so all day long I just worked on lack I, I worked on bringing in the sense of there's enough for everyone there's abundance all around I just kept doing that kept doing that and then um that was I made that my only goal and the next day, which I knew it would be because they stay on top of this, it was gone. But, but Chad was like, wow, that was really good. Like, it doesn't even look like it was here. And so it was like a little, even though I knew, even if I hadn't done that, they were going to come in and clean it anyway. But so I just was, I've been playing with that, like wake up in the morning and think, okay, what have I created? And instead of trying to like throw energy at the problem, I turn it within and see, but that's what I've been doing. And I would ask, because I, I think it's, I, I like the way you turned it. Okay. So, because the first thing comes to my mind that I would work on, I had the same issue with graffiti um, previously, right after we moved over here. And um, I really just get under my skin and I didn't work on it like you did it as why, why it's even there. Like it comes from a place of lack and, and these own hurting people and territory, what have you. I was trying to work on it as a point, why am I judging this? Why mm. is this upsetting me? Why does the external environment need to be something perfect or clean or neat for me to be happy today? See, so it's interesting that you come, so you saw it maybe then, that's why I'm trying to understand this. I think that's interesting. You saw that, am I assuming then you saw it as like a sign? If graffiti equals at some point lack, then that's my sign to work on my own lack because it's mirroring back to me. 
That's very, yeah, I'm, very interesting. I'm vibrating. So I, I started imagining like scenes where people were really excited for each other's success and really excited for, you know, I even pictured, imagined uh, old movies where they were all doing the barn raising, like, you know, everybody gets together, but, but I, I counter-programmed what was inside of me to feel like everybody's so happy for each other. Um, because the, no, I don't think the world has to be perfect, but graffiti is n- rarely from, uh, the kind that I was looking at where you're marking, you're defacing somebody else's property isn't coming from a place of joy. So it's not even for me an aesthetic. It's that you've attacked somebody's property because you feel like you don't have enough. And if that's running rampant out there, then we're all afraid to have abundance because we don't want to be attacked. I mean, that's where my mind goes. So if I can counter that within me and think of instances and carry the vibration of just absolute joy over somebody else's prosperity and, and, and imagining everybody else feeling happy and about four other people. That's what I wanted to generate. Cause that would erase the graffiti, so to speak on an energetic level. I like that. Cause when you're throwing it out, side of yourself or you're throwing it at, like you said, you didn't want to throw it out. You went within you're meeting the same resistance. You're pushing it away. So you're going to get the same resistance pushed back to you. Mm -hmm. So that's really, that's really insightful. And, you know, for our listeners, you know, if, if, you know, take a look of where you might be throwing the resistance out instead of bringing it in and looking at, okay, where am me? Is this projecting out? Yeah. So what happens when you see graffiti again? Do you use the same formula? How, mm-hmm. how do you handle it? Yeah, because I mean, I have no, look, I have enough mental fights throughout the day to know that <laughs> that one afternoon of bliss work didn't erase, you know, <laughs> quote unquote, 29 years of programming. So there's a lot to work on. <laughs> so, um, but I, I really, again, it's, it's, and I'm using that morning walk, not as, okay, did I get it right? Am I going to, no let's see what's there. What are we working with today? And then go from there. And and it's, it's especially helpful when, you know, we're trying to get the clinic up. We are getting the clinic up off the ground and getting it going. There are times where there's nothing for me to do in the process. And so it's like, well, what am I doing? I'm not helping. I'm not doing all that goes on in my head. So to do this activity really helped make me feel productive and it kept me local there's so much going on in the world right now it's so easy to be like this is all pointless um and especially because i am dealing with hormones right now (laughs) i can really like go down a rabbit hole so it was really helpful to just focus on um my day-to-day life you know i'm I'm focusing on what's happening around me I, i did not do that exercise while watching the news for instance because you know, what's happening in Afghanistan. Yes. Everything is a reflection, but I feel like if you go that far out, you're really dealing with, Oh yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking. So thank you for validating that. And and that's just too much heavy lifting. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting, the perception that we all have in, in what we see. So for you, the graffiti was something you were working on within yourself lack for me, it would be judgment. And I think it's interesting because when I brought that up 
when my, my kids know that I would be freaking out over, oh my God, someone, you know, tagged the bridge, what have you. And, and they would just be, why are you so upset? Why is this going to ruin your day? And I just couldn't understand their lack of concern. <laughs> I just, my perception is how can you think that's okay? And yeah. I, you know, it's and fear. I'm just so upset with things being, um, uh, you know, disrespected or vandalized or what have you. It's just not right. So then I have to go back to my old core beliefs, which is in me that saying things have to be, you know, that rigid one way or another, they're breaking the rules. They're breaking the rules. That means you're bad. And they just keep going through. And I can see for them, they don't have that belief system. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about lack. Cause I would, that's just for me, that doesn't come up because I've got my own judgment, belief things. So it's very interesting to hear that, how we can both look at the same and maybe Heather, maybe she'd be the one saying, I really don't care if it's there or not. I don't know, where would you stand on graffiti, Heather? Uh, somewhere near your home, whether you're walking, whether you see it, what would your reaction be? You know, I wouldn't really react to it. Like if it was pretty graffiti, I'd be like, oh, look at the graffiti. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like sometimes it's an artist, and, you know. It's, it's Banksy. <laughs> Don't whitewash it. Isn't, that ama- isn't it amazing? How, again, we could all three see it and all three yeah. have different reactions of why we're either upset or neutral. Like, I don't even care. I, well, I want to get to the point where I don't even see it. That's what I'd like to get. I'd like to get to the point where. But does that mean that you're spiritually bypassing? Could you be spiritually no, bypassing no, that? Not or? at all on that. You know why? Not at all. On now for me, no, not at all that. Because it would tell me I'm not in a place of judgment because that's where my mm. issue is. Oh, see? Okay. So I would be able to look instead of saying, you know, who taught those kids wrong? What are those kids? You know, it would just be like if someone said, oh, gosh, they tagged that. Oh, I hadn't noticed because I didn't go to the ugly place. Now this is a wrong thing. So for me, oh, or you not do notice it, but you do notice it, but it's like noticing no, a reaction yeah, driving right. a red car. Exactly. You know, you're exactly. not like exactly. that's an affront yes. to society, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and to your point, everyone's seeing it differently. I mean, that's the beauty because that trigger serves to uncover something and we've all led different lives. So it's all going to teach us a different, there's no right answer as to why that graffiti is there. There's no, you know, we can only apply our own reasoning yeah. to it and then use it to heal ourselves. So I think that's really awesome that you had, you would have had a completely different reaction because it shows there's no right answer. Right. I would have to ask you, Stephanie, where in you or are you feeling disrespected? Yeah. Well, on that, it's just I would have to go down to the rules of boundaries and right or wrong, which still holds yeah. deep in me. So even though I can say when someone does something, well, there's no right or wrong. And there's many cases where I can just like not be affected by whatever someone's doing. But then that old, um, you know, root belief down there says they've done something wrong. And of course, the closer it is to your living area or where you walk at the park or whatever, the more you're apt to be offended in it because someone's ruining the beauty that you hold sacred. So, so a thought crossed my head of what if, what if judgment was there and it walked alongside of you, but it, it didn't, it's not attached to you. Like you're always going to be having judgment. You're there, there will be sadness. There will be different times of emotions and they walk by you, but, and they may affect you, but they're not going to rule you. Mm. What if we played with that? Because well, we are having judgment are very blended in my world. See, I understand discernment. That would be to see it, recognize it, 
and, you know, either call on it, get it fixed or not be not even upset. try to, fix I see it. it as, well, see, okay. Well, no happy solutions in Heather's world. Fine. Not even to fix it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what if it's nothing to be oh, healed? I wish the people at home could have seen <laughs> Stephanie right then. Little sassy Stephanie. <laughs> that was awesome. So Okay. So that again, what if, what if nothing has to be fixed? What if nothing has to be fixed or healed? Right. Right. Well, I mean, I don't even know how to answer that because (laughs) in my world, that's just not going to be acceptable to have a bunch of graffiti that I'm just, you know, it'd be like a person with OCD every day, trying not to do something that they know they're trying to break. Just like do it once. Still here. I just do I it once. <laughs> like to observe it of, Oh, I had a thought of judgment. Okay. Like where me this yeah. is sticking to, but it doesn't rule me. It'll, you know what okay. I mean? Oh, big news, big news. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. So, um, I would call when, when it, when it, this is, you just said it. That's so perfect because I would call every, every time I saw, I would be immediate as soon as eight o'clock hit. And I knew that the city was open. In fact, they got to know me. They would just say, Oh, the, the lady with whatever, <laughs> you know, my house had a marker on it. And so they would all, they would always be cool and they would come and clean up. It would just be a regular thing. And then it just went away. And then I realized, okay, so um, it's like, I, maybe I moved through it. Well, the other day I just, it occurred to me, I was, uh, driving, uh, down the street and I saw some graffiti. It, it wasn't visible from my house, but it was another area. And I thought, oh no, they hit that area again. And to your point, Heather, we just let it be. I did nothing. I just got busy. It just went on. I never did anything. And, and of course it was gone. Someone else took care of it it took care of itself. So I see, okay, to your point, nothing had to be done right there. It really wasn't affecting me. You this just observed death. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I let it just go away. So I think that was a learning lesson now that you mentioned that because I did do nothing on that. Yeah. You, you acknowledge that, oh, mm-hmm. I had a judgment, you know, there was a judgment thought and just let it go. Right. And it did go away. It was not like, oh, it's bad or good or anything. It was just like, I noticed it. Hey, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. something like that. So that's a perfect example of then not trying to fix it. Right. Now, it walks alongside of you, but you don't. But, but again, that's something that is not literally in my life. What do we do when things are affecting our life? How do we not fix something that's a lot more invasive? It's, I mean, I, judgment isn't, to me, judgment isn't bad, but you know, I don't have it to the extent you do. It's like some people can have a little bit of sugar and it's enjoyable. I hurt myself with it because I don't stop. I can have a little bit of judgment, enjoy it. And my day goes on. Stephanie, you're, you know, it, it hurts you because you don't, you don't feel comfortable with it. Um, to build on what Heather's saying, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any change. I mean, we have boundaries. We don't mm-hmm. want people breaking our windows or tagging our house. Like we're, we have the right to say, no, this doesn't right work for us. And overall, we live in a society that agrees that's not what we want. Right. So it's not bad, but I think it's when you start to take it personally, start to have the fear creep in. Cause I get it. I, I, I can have those like, well, why is nobody else up in arms about this? You know, it, it, it can, it'll only get worse. People don't respect things anymore. Like we just, we start making it this bigger thing. Um, so with judgment, with what she's saying about walking alongside, can you use it to prompt action and then let go and not 
get worked up just think, oh, okay, this is a moment to decide. Is this my problem? Is it going to be healthy for me to do that? You know, like treat it like a little spiritual lesson. So you start to be grateful for the moments of judgment that come up because you're like, oh, okay, we're going to test some theories. <laughs> but then that's it. You know, you, 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 you put it to the side. You don't carry it with you. Like Heather is saying, it just, it can walk with you and make you more aware, but not drag you down into fear and, and deciding this means this now, and this means this now. I, you know, I do also, I want to add to that is that, so this week I have been doing with lack as well. So, and this time part of being part of ego death and just lack coming up and just really sitting with it and honoring my feelings. Like I felt lack and I was like, look, I feel lack right now. I am not a happy camper with all my son my senses being shut down or having this yo-yo effect. So I just put it out my to my team and I said, I'm getting tired of the yo-yo effect. Like I'll become hyper aware of everything that's going on around with me and then they'll immediately be shut off. And it's just, it's kind of jarring sometimes. And I'm like, I've had enough, I'm done. And so <laughs> very, very much in lack and I felt disempowered. And I just said, you know what? I'm honoring these feelings and I, and I feel that. But then also- a couple of days later, and it actually was a couple of days later was today. I was sitting here just like, okay, now where do I go? I felt I was in my heart space and just all of a sudden I kind of got this flash in my head where there was a uh, American Indian woman that came up and sat next to me. And I just looked over and she says, oh, do you come here often? And I said, no, it's just, I'm taking in all the beauty around here. I said, do, do you come here often? And she's like, yeah, it's okay. And so I said, immediately, I realized that that was my sermon and that I needed to be grateful for what I have. So immediately I stopped everything that I was doing. And I just went into a meditative state and was grateful for everything that I have in this moment. Cause other people don't have what I have. Other people aren't going what I'm going through. So I counted my blessings and I was so grateful and I just said it out to the world and it pulled me out of, of felt like I was being in lack. You know, I honored my moment with lack and now I'm coming into gratitude. That's nice. I like when we get those messages, well, when you're able to get it, it might, for anyone else, it might be, okay, it's just, you know, what are you talking about? But for you, it was a story and it was the answers that you needed and it resonated with you. Yeah. And then you felt good. Yeah. That's so yeah. exciting when you have that. Well, I had an uh, encounter and a, and a lesson the other day with a lizard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. You know, Liz, I think that's my spirit animal lizard. So I was doing some heavy duty pruning on lantanas. And as uh, one does. As one may need to do every fall when you do the heavy pruning. Uh, it was quite a task. And so what happened is I was breaking them down the, these, this big bush. And then underneath was just, just really deep piles of the, the dead leaves that had fallen and accumulated. And I would be raking them up and then trying to work my way into the center of the lantana because it just was out so big. And I noticed that there was this lizard and um, he was just sitting on the rock perched up watching me. And 
I mentally told him, you know, not to be afraid. I'm going to be doing this. And I hope I'm not affecting his house and stuff. And he just didn't get, I would put the rake kind of near him. I was being very careful, but he would stay there. And what I noticed was he was watching as I was turning up all the leaves and stuff, then, you know, spiders were crawling out and, you know, bugs, whatever was there. And he would take a few steps close to me and I would just then take my rake and step back and he would go in and get a spider or something and run away. So he kept doing this. So it was like, that was his communication to me is when he took a couple steps close, there's something he needs. And I would take it as get out of his space so he can have oh, this. And that's so pretty cool. it was very, very cool. And I sat there because he trusted me that I was, you know, not going to hurt him when he got close to me. And I then stuck, went away because this was like a hunting ground. He was just like an opportunity for him to have this feeding and he didn't go away. In fact, the alligator lizard came later, but he wasn't as nice, but that's okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> End of story. But yeah, yeah but um, <laughs> I just thought that was a connection on a, such a spiritual level of if, if we realize what we need from each other in that space instead of yeah. you know me ruining his his space and scaring him away where he can't get something or him some people are afraid of lizards like oh, i can't even work on you know the garden today this monster's there it was just a thing of you know we're gonna work i'm gonna do what i need to do and i'm gonna let him get what he needs and he just stayed with me he probably ate uh, who knows how much that day it was but it was just so wonderful i've never been that close where a lizard was literally working with me in the same space and and was just calm with uh with me being there it was it was pretty amazing i no one really cares but i do <laughs> oh i think that's a great story <laughs> every time i told the kids i had a great lizard experience and, and they're like, like gee ma that's great yeah you know and you, do you want to say that loud really okay <laughs> They're kids. They're supposed well, to be You know what? Can I tell you this story? It's it's a shame story. So I think it's important to tell it. I, I will tell it on, on live. I will tell it in the ears of society. Um, years ago, I was probably about, um, I'm going to go with about 12, that awkward age where it, it's embarrassing just to be alive anyway. <laughs> and we were, we were up in the Sierras um, camping and my sisters and I were always very, um, you know, back in the day, use the tomboy word. We, we always were chasing lizards and frogs and toads and just having fun out there running wild. Well, we saw this, um, this alligator lizard, it was huge. And we had collected lizards and frogs and stuff. And we decided we were going to chase it. And we kept chasing it and, and trying to find it all over and it would get away from us. And my grandmother, my aunts, and my mom would all just be sitting there watching us every day and it would disappear. One day it came back and we cornered it. There was four of us and we cornered it into a bush and we're like, oh, it's right here. We're going to get it. It can't come out now. And we're all just waiting and waiting again. All the other ladies just sitting there watching us. And all of a sudden I start doing this God awful dance that you would think I was like trying to bring my, the, the rain dance in is <laughs> because the lizard went up my pants and yes, I will say, and I was freaking out and slapping myself and freaking out. And then I dare say it came out the other side. So it had, uh, yes, it just went where I needed all over. And so everyone laughed and laughed. They just, you know, and the, back then we didn't have uh, cameras that were on the ready. So God bless. Thank God. There's no footage of that, but they just thought it was the funniest thing. And I was just, I don't, I didn't like being laughed at. I felt like Oh my oh. God, why the lizard? Because we were, you know, trying to get the lizard. And so it, I always lizard took it as, as, yeah, it was that it was, um, you know, getting me back and stuff. But these many last years, I've thought about it. And in fact, the other day, 
when I was thinking back to, we talk about animal encounters I have, I thought, what if, what if all those years ago, instead of me thinking the lizard is trying to shame me and attack me, whatever, it saw me as the place of protection. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it just went to the, you know, to the person who was just not going to hurt it. And then, you know, obviously I got away from the bush and did my dance and it just took off. And I tell you, I didn't want that. And later on, we saw that there's, there's probably six witnesses, ladies, that lizard again came out and it ran by the trailer. And my grandmother who had a cane jumped so fast into her trailer because the lizard, this is true. The lizard was running on two legs and it was screaming hand to God witnesses. My grandma dropped her cane and ran in. It was the most crazy thing you've ever saw in your life. I, I mean, they have them in Australia. I yeah. don't know what the heck that was uh, up in the Sierras. It ran two legs, stood up and screamed with his mouth agape. It's and probably, probably off. trying to protect itself. Frightening. Oh, well, it was, yeah. but I mean, you know, when's the last time I ever saw two, a lizard running on two legs? No, never. But anyway, um, <laughs> so going back to, I think this, it was, you know, it just kind of brought up how we, you know, you can interpret something as being mm-hmm. a negative or shameful or guilty or what have you. And maybe in the end, you know, it was really just a simple way of, of being, you know, trying to protect itself and maybe, um, and reminder of, you know, it's so scared. If I would understood there, you know, it, it was looking for help and, and, yeah. and think about what you do in the future. So it was interesting. I thought that was a, um, interesting. It's always neat when you turn around when you have a different perspective on an old yeah. memory, when you go, Oh, Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's so, I mean, I guess that's what therapy is, right? The Absolutely. same, the same event happened. You just now have a different interpretation of it. That's exactly. healthier or more palatable. Um, so that's always, that's always neat. Oh, it's so huge, that. especially because that was tied to something. It was some, no one would even think that I was shamed by that, but I was. It was, I carried it under my file under shame, (laughs) not under violence, maybe to another, you know, (laughs) you can search and delete that one. Yeah. But it's interesting how uh, we hold on to these things that anyone else would have thought, oh my God, we didn't laugh. Like you're a terrible person. We just laughed because it was so funny, funny, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, my, uh, my best friend all growing up, you know, so we've known each other for 42 years. Yeah. Crazy. Um, she's always been so great at that. I'll finally bring something up. That's really like, Oh, painful memory. She'll be like, really? What, when do you think about it like this? And she just will have a totally different interpretation. That's not self-punishing and it's, or she'll be like, Oh, I did that too. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Took all the pain right out of yeah. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> just Never like, mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the beauty of talking of being open about what's going on in our heads. It's, it's so, it's just so helpful at times. If you have the right people, if you trust the right people, it can be just so healing. Yeah. That's why it's always good to find your tribe. Oh yeah. It is. And and I, I kind of, I agree. And I kind of don't agree with that because certainly you'll get more value in it with people who can support you when you admit something that maybe was troubling, but on sometimes you just need to spit it out and just see that no, you know, other people aren't affected by it to realize, Oh my God, it never was a big deal. 
So even like, even if it was a stranger and kind of like Forrest Gump, you're just sitting on a bench and you're telling <laughs> a story and the person's just like, you know, maybe sometimes you just need an ear to, to voice it out, you know? So, um, well, it's all energy, right? And, right. Right. So right. it's got to get out of you. It's got to get out of you somehow. Um, so to your point, whether you know someone or not, sometimes, yeah, just talking it out really helps because you're getting that energy out of you. And then my curiosity, you go to why that person, what does that person need to hear? What did that person need to know? You are I think it's randomly OCD. It's just not random. I think it's, you know, it's, it's always, someone can always benefit somehow from, I think, always being they around, could. right? Or, you know, uh, I, when I always used to go to the clubs, people would just sit down and start talking to me. Like they're like, Heather, you just have one of those faces where people just want to talk to you. And I was like, yep. Okay. So one of the guys like, why am I saying all this to you? Cause he went on the <laughs> whole entire story about his kids and his girlfriend. And Oh, it was just a lot of drama. I said, because I am a stranger and whatever I say, you can take or leave because if you want to somebody that, you know, you're going to be feeling like you're going to be held accountable. So when we go and talk to strangers, whatever feedback they give, we could leave it at the curb. That is so true. So well stated. See, I, I, I'm going to have a pushback on that. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I think one, I think Heather's selling herself short on that because, you know, obviously less the face is and more the, it's a, it's an energy and it's a comfort that I think, you know, not every stranger has the capacity to hold that space like you did with that person. That's right. true. And right. I would right. never tell my business to a stranger. I wouldn't, I'm just not one of those people who would do that. So I think it was you, you know, it's just oh, you, yeah. you, you were everything in that. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. You were yeah. that space. So I think that's very important to look at Heather. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that, you know, people on the other side, the people that are telling the story, they can either take it or leave it. You know what I mean? They, they need to get it out. But also, if they don't like the advice that they got, they're like, eh, what do you know? You don't know me anyways. So, <laughs> uh, Do you think that people who would tell a stranger and to that to that depth, not just a simple thing, but their deeper things are the kind of people that would just they just tell a lot anyway they just no ten no you don't think because so I get that yeah. a lot I get people mm -hmm. telling me why am I telling you this and I was like yeah. okay. the I get that a lot too and you can tell people who are kind of oversharers and vampire uh, energetic mm -hmm. vampires you know and, and I tend to be able to shield myself from them now um but the ones who need to unburden tend to find me and and I think it's a combination. I think you're right, Stephanie. It's this air that we have about it. It's this mm -hmm. safety. Um, but it's also to Heather's point, I'm sure they know safe people in their life and they're not going to burden it because there is this bit of anonymity that um, I don't know the rest of their life. I'm not going to cast judgment. And even mm -hmm. if I did, they're going to walk away. So they're never going to have to know. Um, but yeah, I don't think the people who normally just, share, 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 share. They talk to everybody. And, it, you know, it's, I get people telling me deep things. They they work things out in front of me and, you know, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah. Love that space. And that's what healing is. Right. So I think that's what I'm saying. I think sometimes um, energetically people are drawn to a healer, even though they don't know 
yeah, that this true. person would practice. Yeah. It's just, there's a comfort, there's a welcome, there's a, maybe that lack of judgment. There's a coddling and energetic coddling. That's just going to be, uh, n- you know, necessary for what they need. Um, well, especially the same token. Oh, I was ahead. just saying, especially when they're coming in, your two, your two energies are mixing together when they come into each other's spaces. Mm-hmm. So is it only fair then if a person is going to come to a person who, who works in healing or who has, who's an empath or who is at least sympathetic to their plight, is it the same that a person with anger is going to go up to a person with, with who's a healer also and blast that? Because again, it's a place, a sanctuary where maybe that can get, as Heather likes to use the word, transmuted. Can that be, can there be an opportunity for them to utilize you know, our vibration as well. Have you have, so, so here's the question. You mean like you those angry people, people come up to you. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like those people that I encountered when I was Remember walking the, the dog, the walking dog people. <laughs> so if you see it like that, then, I say a big right? yes. if, if, right, if a, if a hurting person can tell you all their problems and why not an angry person spill it out at you too, it, I would imagine it's equal opportunity, you know, the person of gratitude, a person of anger, a person of fear, it's just an emotional dump on you. RS. I I agree. I just usually have, I think more of a energetic boundary up into that. Like I do not want that angry stuff happening again. Like that's not acceptable to me. I'm not, you, you have to have a baseline of respect and those people didn't who are angry. So um, it's not the anger itself. It's the the lack of respect or the attacking that I, but that's, but that's an ego thing. What if, if you saw yourself as it, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but think about it. it makes me think, what if instead of taking it personally, you walk around like, okay, I've got my healing energy on. I care about everyone. I do my best work. And someone comes up and just, you know, yells at you for whatever reason. And you're going, opportunity here opportunity no i'm gonna have compassion (laughs) she's like i already know i'm not doing it (laughs) no because here's the thing um you could say the same token like and they just come up and they like punch you you know it's like no that's unacceptable (laughs) right yeah an energetic punch is just as bad as a physical one and that's unacceptable you have to my rules if you're going to engage with me and anybody who's around me, because if you walk up and just randomly punch someone or start yelling at someone, I have an underdog protective, uh, you know, part of me um, that you just, you don't do that. You don't, you, you treat people with respect. Now, every now and then people can't help it. I, I have a coworker. Oh my God, this week. I know I'm like, you'll never know who she is. So I'm, I won't say her name, but we, uh, we're both dealing with, hormones because I'm going through perimenopause. And so I'm, I'm taking during hormones to balance it out. So she, and it, it's, she has had to adjust, right. And so she had to come off of them. So that for any of you in the audience who's ever done that, you know, that, that means you're crazy. You can't help it. <laughs> you hear yourself and you're still crazy. So we're having a zoom to go over an issue that of this project that she's talking about. And I said, well, I think it would be really good for you to be a part of this so that, you know, the boss sees how invaluable you are. You don't think I'm valuable to this organization? And I'm like, what? And, and she was just like losing it. And I was like, oh, sweetie. Like in my heart, I'm just like laughing at her because normally she's the person who is unflappable. We bring her in to like help bring other people down. So yeah, I stood there and took it because I knew she was 
literally out of her mind with hormones at the moment. And when we talked about it later and I brought it to her attention, I said, Hey, this is what happened. And the light bulb went on. She, she just was like, Oh my God, you know, she got it. And, and that, cause that's not who she is. So it's not that walking up and yelling at me is, is condoned, um, condoned, but it's understood at times. If I understand the baseline of the person is one of respect and, you know, kindness, everybody has moments where they lose it, not saying, and maybe that's what that couple, they were just losing it. Um, but I don't know them. And when you lunge at me and your husband has to hold you back, that's going to be like a little line crosser um, for me. So I guess it's a play it by ear situation, but in general, no, I do not want people coming up and abusing me. That that's, that's a deal breaker. I don't, I know. Yeah. Cause then what about your, your boundaries, you know, yeah. your personal boundaries? Yeah. I just kind of see it as like a video game. If we talk about there's characters who are on the peripherals and the perimeters, right? So if I'm engaging with you in this game and there's other stuff going on, most of the time I don't pay attention, but sometimes they're going to come in and they're going to affect the game. And so the, you've got to deal with them. And it's interesting in the spiritual way is when we, when we, when we don't heal, right. When we don't get the message and we continue to get the met, we continue to get the same scenario, keep coming up. So I was just looking at it as for me, I would, if I didn't like who I became in that moment or my reaction, then it's going to come up again. And I'm going to have to try something different in order to not be that same scenario over and over again. So I was looking at an option for me to, how would I want to do it if someone was, I mean, I've been around plenty of angry people, um, but I don't see, yeah, I don't see it as my protection anymore. I don't, I just don't, I just don't, I kind of see it as it's all them and there's nothing I can do about them. I can respond on my way and then ask myself, why am I affected on this now? Well, granted, exactly. like you say, physical punch. I mean, that's just assaulting on different ever and many, many levels. But if someone's having a, uh, you know, saying something and being rude, I just don't see it as um, like, I don't use the word respect so much anymore because for me that, that goes into my old beliefs. That just gets me all messed up. So I just kind of see it as again, taking it personal. Why am I taking it personal at this time? What in me is being triggered? So um, yeah, that's how I do it. And, and I'm not looking, I'm not saying I want another test out there. I don't need anything right now. No, 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 no. So I hope, um, I hope <laughs> that I'll think about that the next time. There's always going to be confrontations with people. It's just, I'm getting much better on the car ones so, so much better on that. Because again, I, 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 I've said it before um, in a class many, many years, well, a couple of years ago, my sister and I were in, uh, we were talking about being disrespected. And the lady, we talked about when a car cuts you off. And one of the students has said, oh, I always just send them a blessing and wish oh, our, and say, thank goodness they made it. Thank goodness they made it to their off ramp or their lane change, whatever. And most people in the class were like, no, I'm never going to say that. You know, they shouldn't cut my lane. I could have crashed and all the reasons why a person shouldn't do it. And of course I thought that was crazy too. I thought she was wonderful that she could do that, but I'm becoming more and more when someone does something, my, you know, I deem you're breaking the rules of looking at like, you know, it's not my, 
It's not my, I'm not going to carry that. I'm not going to feel disrespected. Um, you know, do what you got to do. I'm fine. And take the ego out of it. And, and I, it does really, really, really work, you know, because before it'd be like, oh man, you know, negative thinking and, you know, where's a cup when you need it, or let's see what else is going to happen in your day. Or, and it just, it's just not about them. I mean, again, if you're in a car accident, that's a whole nother scenario. It's probably, a, a, you know, it's probably gonna be something difficult to deal with, but if they just cut you off and didn't use their blinker, you know, or did something you don't like, then again, that's an opportunity. You can respond instead of react. But it might not be because respect's a big thing for me and in, in mm. cars as well. And it might not be, they don't see it the same way. You know, I'm, I'm a very Heather will attest grandmotherly driver. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it really bothers me when people ride on the was it the right-hand side to sort of, you know, when lanes are merging and they just kind of create their own lane and mm-hmm. they get Until over the very end. Uh-huh. <gasps> like, oh, I hate that. Um, and I tend to like bring my car over to block cars from driving around, you know, and just like, I'm that person. Um, <laughs> but because I just feel like everybody should follow the rules like you and just be polite and just hold up a moment, you know? And then I was over by the Huntington and, Right when you're driving down Pasadena Avenue, there is this extra lane that starts to form. And if you've driven the street, you know, you can just start to get over and people who've driven the street start to get over to the right um, and then push forward because it becomes its own lane eventually. But if you don't know that, it just is like, why is this person driving right next to me? There's no lane there, you know? So I went over to the right and started driving forward and didn't even think about it. Um, and Chad was like, what are you doing? This is so- and I was just like, well, it's, it's okay because we, we can, you know, like my intention was not to be rude or cut people off or try to get in front. It was like, no, there, a lane eventually forms here. Um, whereas he saw it the way I see the others on the other roads is that is so rude. People are trying to just cut and cheat. And so it's like, it was an eye opener. I know I'm not explaining that very well, but I, I assign motives to people right that they just might not have. Exactly. And yeah. that's something I play with a little bit. You know, is this motive really their motive or is that me projecting onto them? And can I come from a more compassionate? They just might not even be thinking about it. They're not even trying to be insulting, you know? They just need so. to get over super fast because, you know, they don't want to miss their off ramp. Maybe, you know, maybe it, it is just that. Um, yeah. Or maybe they think, you know, they're so fast, you shouldn't even have to react or step on your brake or anything. We just don't know. Yeah. And that's, I, if we all thought more like that, there'd be so much less road rage, you know. Um, it, I'm still astounded on most days I go out, people complain a lot about uh, California drivers and such. And I just think it's amazing that there's just not accidents on every corner, 24. I mean, I know accidents happen every day, but I don't see any very often. I'm not going too far. I mean, that makes a difference too, the more you commute, but people for the most part, even when they break the rules are very lucky, you know, people get away with a lot and other people react. Okay. And, you know, people get mad, but you still get home safe. And I think if there was more gratitude to that and just understand that everyone's in a rush, but you don't have to go into their mindset of being angry now or being disrespected. Just be grateful that you're going to make it home safely. If we just had so much more calmness, it would be so much better, you know, but um, people take driving very, very personally, very personally. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you take everything personally, but no, driving no. Uh, is, is a tough one because that's a big machine. I mean, and people, you don't want to get in a fight with anyone. You don't want to play games. Yeah. So we just have to stand back and just like you say, we don't know their intention. Maybe that was just an honest mistake. Maybe they didn't realize, you know, or it's not about you. It's very seldom about you in the car. It's about them. Right. Or, you know, when I realized, wow, they were going to do that move anyway, whether it was me in my car or the person behind me in their car. It's not about me. It was like this light bulb went on and I realized how personally I'd been taking everything. Um, and it also helps that I work more from home and I don't have to deal with it every single day. When you right, deal right. with that every single day, uh, gosh, I, if you're driving every single day for the people in the audience, put out an energetic bubble around you so because you are around so even though we're divided by cars you are literally in a sea of other people's energetic fields and this soup of probably frustration and not enlightenment and just you just don't know what you're driving through or stepping in so to speak so protect yourself energetically but also law of attraction if you coming from a space of positive thinking and that you see the good drivers and you're grateful that people don't have accidents, you're going to be around those drivers. You're going to have very True. few encounters of negativity because that's your vibration. So um, I believe very highly in that. So I think you could drive every single day and not have any terrible stories to tell if you have a really good uh, vibrational attitude towards it. You know, yeah. I mean, you're still going to get those, those days we all do, but there's people, as you well know, who can't even go down the street and they're going to tell you they got cut off twice. Someone honked their horn, you know, someone almost hit them because they're very defensive and they hate driving and they hate people who drive and whatever the case. So, you know, yeah. we, we will receive in our reality that which we're thinking plain and simple. That's the way I see it. So that's why it's so important again, to get a hold of our thoughts, our perceptions. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies, I think that's all the time that we have. We'd like to thank the listeners for joining us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the three intuitive healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast. 